you've been here over the last couple of weeks, you've heard that we've announced that we are breaking ground and building a new facility on our church property, which is amazing. We're continuing to just uh, celebrate all that God is doing, and, and so with that, we are taking steps forward. Uh, we have launched phase two of our capital campaign, uh, which is to raise the money for the FF&E, for the furniture, furnishings, and equipment uh, that we're going to need, because you guys are sitting on chairs here in the movie theater, but when we move to our new facility, we won't have chairs, and so we're going to need to buy them and buy a number of different things uh, for kids' ministry and foyer, and, and uh, so we just are inviting everybody to our home. Uh, Pastor Nicole and I are having everybody in our house, so we would love to have you uh, uh, look at the Grace Church emails and, and sign up for a time when you can come and sit in our house. We just want to share vision and, and talk about what God's doing. And, and so we're laying out a strategy on to, to raise the money uh, for the future facility, which is fantastic. And so we've also launched uh, our new series on honor. Uh, we, we launched that last week and because honor is a big deal. It's something that we need in our culture, in our community. And so before I get into the message for this morning, uh, let's take a moment and let's pray. And so, God, we come before you. And, Father, we thank you so much for this time uh, that we get to be here, that we get to dive into your word and your scripture. And so, Lord, I ask that you would speak, uh, Lord, that you would communicate through your word, through your, uh, through your Holy Spirit, through who you are. God, I, we just, our ears are open, our minds are open, our hearts are open. We just open in ourselves to you. And just acknowledge how much we need you and long for you and desire you. Lord, would you communicate what it is to truly honor and what that looks like in your perspective. In Jesus' name, amen. So with this idea and understanding of honor, we all have heard about it before. And we realize that it's a big deal. It's, it's a characteristic that we want and long for and desire. We love to see it. We love to be honored. Right? It's, it's great when, when we receive a reward uh, by being honored, acknowledgement, you know, whether it's a plaque or some type of uh, certificate, we know that that's amazing. But here's the deal. The reason we want to talk about this uh, for this month is because we just feel like in our culture, in our community, we have lost honor. Uh, over the last several decades, honor is one of those characteristics that has been pushed aside and disregarded. And now I feel like it's been replaced with entitlement and with criticism. You know, every, every time, every, every place that we look, it's just somebody else is offended, somebody else is bothered. Instead of honoring those that are doing great and doing amazing, there's just all this negativity. And so I just, I feel like it's our responsibility as the church to change that. I feel like we're the ones that can be the catalyst to bring about the change in the culture and, and, make, it, and make a significant shift and to see that happen. And I just, I feel like the younger generation needs us to get this right. We've got to get this right. We have to make this, this cultural shift in, in, in what we experience. And, and the thing that's amazing is there is a reward that comes with honoring. And it's found in uh, 2 John chapter 1, verse 8, where it talks about this. It says, watch out that you do not lose what we have worked so hard to achieve. Be diligent so that you receive your full reward. So anytime you're doing something, we're working hard at it, and so we get honor, we get accolades, and so we don't want to do anything to discredit that, right, or push it aside. We want to receive a full reward when we're pursuing after honoring and honor the Lord and, and who he is. And, and one of the things that I want to share with you is, you know, honor is something that we can earn and, and take steps towards, but he, there are things that we cannot earn, like God's love. You and I can't do anything to earn more of God's love. He already gives us 100%. It's unconditional. And that's amazing. It's incredible because of who he is. 
as our dad, as our father in heaven. Like, he already loves us. And salvation is another one of those things. There's nothing you and I can do to earn our salvation. We can't do more good than bad and think that that, you know, checks our ticket to get into heaven. That's just not the case. God, it's because of Jesus, because of his death and resurrection, that, you know, salvation is a gracious gift to us. There's nothing we can do to earn it. So, you know, but we understand that honor is something that we can work hard towards and receive a reward that comes with that. And we understand the idea of honor, right? Things that we see or recognize that we want to honor, we, we esteem it, uh, whether it's a thing or a person, you know, we esteem and, and, and value that person and kind of put them on a platform, on a pedestal and say, you're special, you're significant. What you've done is, is to be noticed and recognized. And then things that we dishonor, really, we just kind of treat them as ordinary. We treat them as regular and as common. And, and I have a visual aid for this. I, I, I love visual aids. And so I've got two baseballs. Uh, I'm, I'm a baseball guy. I love baseball. I've played it and, you know, enjoy it. And so I have two baseballs here. Now, this one you can see, uh, it's a little bit worn out. Like this, it's got some grass stains on it, you know, it's got some slobber on it, you know, and, and so, you know, it just, it's like, th this is the ball that we throw in the backyard, right? We just play catch and, you know, when we throw and, you know, it's just fun, we have a good time and then we just kind of throw this one back in the bucket. But I also have another baseball and this one's got an autograph on it. We don't play catch with this one. We don't, we don't let the dog slobber on this one. Like, we're not throwing this out in the backyard and letting the dog bring this back. Like, that's just not happening. This one has its own little case that, that is its home, and it's put on a shelf because it's special. It's significant. It's got an autograph on it, and that's a big deal. And so there, there's times when you and I, when we treat two of the same thing, one of them we treat as, as common and ordinary, the other we give value to. And that's a great image of, of honor and you know, I know my, uh, my brother, my older brother, he, he's into collecting things. And, and so for, for a while, he's been collecting just NASA memorabilia, th things from the Apollo missions and pictures and just really neat, you know, just in, in, our, in our area, living in the Space Coast. And, and the thing that's, that's interesting is the, the ones that are super special, they're all autographed, right? It, it's, the, it's the picture of Buzz Aldrin or, or Alan Shepard, you know, with moon landing. Like, it's the ones that are, that are very unique and special that are given specific type of honor. And, and here's why. We value what we honor, right? That, it, it's because it's more important to us. And so here's what I want to communicate in this message. God wants us to honor him. In our lives, how we make decisions, how we go about our, everything in, in, in how we communicate, God wants us to be honoring to him. And so today I want to focus on three different areas in our lives where we can honor God. And the first one that I want to touch on is God's word, right? God's word, it's incredible, it's amazing, and, and I just, I love God's word, I love the holy scriptures. I mean, they're holy, Right? They're, they're, they're pure and amazing and powerful and strong. And, and so here's what I want to share with you. Like, this Bible is not random. Like, it, it's 66 books uh, and letters that are put together, and it's not random. It's not happenstance. They all are very significant. And it's God speaking to us. When you open up the beginning of the New Testament, you can read the red letters of Jesus, the Savior, reading and, and, and the things that he communicated in stories and examples and how he handled situations and responses. I mean, and over just history, 
decades and centuries and millennia, there has been attempts to destroy the Bible. You know, burning and disregarding and pushing it aside. But here's the deal. They haven't worked, right? It just, it's impossible. Like they've tried to remove it from schools and from courthouses. And God always protects his word and his scripture. And he promotes it all the time. It doesn't matter how people try and come against it. It's going to continue to stand the test of time because it's him communicating. And there's a great verse in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 that says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our inmost thoughts and desires. And so we've got to honor God's word that's written down for us that we get to experience because it's incredible when we allow ourselves to just receive it in our lives. And so it could dictate, you know, how we make decisions, how we go about them if we allow it to. And so there have been times in history when, you know, followers of God didn't allow that to happen. Uh, One example is is the nation of Israel back in around 550 B.C., that uh, They had departed from God and, and gone to their own ways and, and disconnected with him. And God allowed them to, to be taken over. The, 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 the nation of Babylon swept in and, and took them over and took them into captivity and destroyed the nation, the cities, and, and everything about it. And then after about 70 years of being in captivity, God allowed the Israelites to return from you know, Babylon and, and, and Persia and back into the promised land that he had given them once before. And so there were a couple of men that were leading this movement back into Israel. One of them is Ezra, who was the high priest, and, and then Nehemiah, who was kind of a, a big leader, like a governor of the people. And so one of the things that God put on Nehemiah's heart was to rebuild the wall around the city of Jerusalem. Because when the Babylonians invaded, part of you know, military strategy is to destroy the defenses of that city. So they had to destroy the wall so they could get in. So this whole wall is just laid in rubble around the city. And God put on Nehemiah's heart to go and rebuild the wall to show that Jerusalem was reestablished once again, that its barrier and defenses were established, that this is God's holy city. And so he rallies the people. He's like, we can do this. And so in 52 days, Nehemiah rallies everybody. They they put the wall together, and and it's significant. It's high. It's wide. It it just has, has incredible strength and fortitude to it. And so they're celebrating. They're like, this is amazing. This is incredible. Look what God has allowed us to do. And so Ezra, who is the religious leader, he begins to communicate in a worship service. In in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 5, it says that Ezra stood on the platform in full view of all the people. When they saw him open the book, they all rose to their feet. And so here, Ezra, standing on a podium of some sort, and he opens up the Torah, the, 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 the scriptures. And, and everybody's just standing there in awe, in reverence to God's word. And they stood up. And, and we have to understand that there's something significant to this. Because they didn't have God's word readily, readily available to them while they were in captivity. It was taken from them. It was stolen. You know, and they, they were encouraged not to be a part of it anymore. And so now they're at this point where all of a sudden they get to experience it again. And they recognize the magnitude of God communicating to them through his word. And I just, I wonder, do we have that same type of reverence for the word of God that they did 2,500 years ago? 
And the answer is no. And I know that, and you do too. And I think part of the reason is because we have so much access, right? For the Israelites, they had the scriptures taken away from them, and they had to hide it, and they had pages, and you know, it was, it was like the underground church type scenario, and, and so they cherished it greatly. You and I, we have YouTube and apps and Bible apps, and you know, you, you maybe have one paper Bible, but you probably have two or three or 17. Like we just we have them readily available, and so because of that, we take it for granted because we know at any time we can just bust it open and, and take a look. And, and the thing that's interesting that we have to constantly be aware of is the devil is always strategizing against us. Uh, he's always scheming and seeing, out, seeing how he can work his way in or distract us to cause us to dishonor God or not honor the Lord and who he is. And so he finds ways to do that. And, and he's tried to eliminate the Bible, but he can't. Like, God will not allow that to happen. So he knows that's not going to work. And so I just, I just think that because he can't do that, he tries to do the opposite. Instead of removing it entirely, maybe, just maybe, part of the enemy's strategy is to give us so much of it that we have unlimited access that we treat it as common. Instead of looking at it and reading and, and absorbing it and being hungry for it, I mean... It just, it's possible that the enemy is using an abundance of the word of God against us. So it just sits on the shelf and collects dust because it's always there and it's no big deal. I mean, the Israelites stood when the scripture was reading. And, and it continues in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 6. It says, then Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people chanted, amen, amen, as they lifted their hands. Then they bow down and they worship the Lord with their faces to the ground. And so the natural response when God's word is read should be worship. You know, that's why we're here, to, to worship, to, to acknowledge God. That's why we lift our hands just as an act, a sign of surrendering to him and, and needing him and, and bowing our hearts and needing, just saying, God, I worship you. Thank you so much for being here. You know, I just, I wonder about us. That was their response. And are, are we willing to respond and worship the Lord? And the way that he leads us to and is our heart, you know, bent towards him and who he is. And I just, like, what's our response when scripture's being read? Whether it's everyone together or just by ourselves. And are we hungry for it? Because the Israelites didn't have it for a period of time and they saw the value in it. And I just, I wonder for you and I, are we hungry for it? Are we reading it for ourselves that we recognize the importance of it? Are we starting our day with it, or are we just complacent uh, with Scripture? Sometimes reading it, sometimes not. Are we skeptical about it and, and criticize it? Do we just treat it as common? So we have this incredible opportunity to honor God's Word. The second area that I feel like we can honor the Lord is by honoring His house. Uh, and this is so relevant for us as a church. Uh, you know, I, whenever I invite uh, someone to come to Grace Church, um, a lot of times they, they kind of look at me with, with their head tilted and they go, so where is your church? And uh, how many of you have ever experienced that? Raise your hand, put your hand up, you've invited somebody and they go, now where do you go? 
yes, me. And yeah, so many of us. And, and so thank you so much for, for loving Grace Church so much that, that you are willing to bring people to it and, and, and allow them to experience God. But what happens is that they go, you meet in a movie theater, it's very different. And I get that. But we, as a portable church, because we set up and tear down and meet in a movie theater, we understand and we know that church is not a building. Church is the people. We are the church, which is great and amazing. But sometimes, if we're honest, we take corporate worship on Sunday mornings for granted. We come once in a while, uh, maybe a few times a year. We wait to see for Sunday morning, you know, if there's something else that pops up, see how nice the day is, see if it's not windy or we can go to the beach or, you know, see if maybe we wake up and the alarm goes off and we just maybe feel too tired to come or and I know we're busy, right? We've got a million things going on, a million things, you know, to, to do. We're traveling. We've got Disney passes. Like, we've got, we got all this stuff, right? All these things. And I just would say that there is a blessing that comes as a result of worshiping in God's house with his people. And so parents, grandparents, if we treat church as optional, when our kids are grown, they will view it as ordinary. And so we need to teach about God's house, about worshiping together, and the importance and honoring it and what that looks like so that we can experience Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Here's what it says in that verse. It says that we can share each other's burdens and in this way obey the law of Christ. So we do that because of the relationships that we have, because of connection groups, because of being here you know, on Sunday morning and worshiping, because you can't get that with online church. Like, I'm so thankful for all the resources and, and YouTube and podcasts. Like, that's amazing, and we do that stuff as well. But we need each other. We need face-to-face -face interaction with one another. That's so important, because you can see somebody's face, how they're feeling, what they're doing, what they're experiencing. And we enter into their lives because of that relationship. And the other thing that's amazing with us getting together as a church, as a group of people, we get to experience the power of God. It says in Matthew chapter 18, verse 20, where Jesus is communicating, he says, For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. So you and I, there's more than two or three. But anytime there's a few of us getting together, it says that literally God's presence is there. The Holy Spirit is there. So this thing we call church like it's not just going to a restaurant like it's not just slipping in and slipping out this isn't like a grocery store you know a convenience store no 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 like we're talking about the anointing of the holy spirit being present here with us that we get to experience him and, the, and our longings and desires how we need to experience him powerfully whether at work or relationships or we're looking for healings like it's because of him that we get to experience that stuff and when people that are outside of the church, if they're not yet connected with Christ, and we invite them to this church that meets in a movie theater, and they look at us funny, and we explain it, and we actually get them to come. When they come, and maybe this is part of your story too, you walked in, and you felt something. You felt something different. You're like, I don't know what that is, but it just kind of feels different. And so it is the Holy Spirit. Like, we have God's presence here, and it's amazing. It's life-altering. It transforms us in who we are. So when they come in, they're looking for something. And people don't just need 
lights and show and entertainment. They need an encounter. We need to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit with the, and, and experience the living God. And on top of that, so many people are looking for a place to belong. They're looking for something to connect to, something that's bigger than themselves and, you know, that's important. It gives them value. Like, it's, it's such a big deal what we do needing here at church. I've had the awesome opportunity to, to go to Montana uh, a few times, and, and they call, the, 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 the phrase that they describe Montana is, is they say it's big sky, it's the big sky state. And I don't know how they do it, but it's true. Like, I, I, the sky is bigger in Montana, and it's like, it absolutely is true. And so one of the times uh, that, that I got to be there, uh, we, we were doing some, you know, fishing, and so we were, we were going to the spot, and we were driving on cer- certain highways to get to our spot, and so we were driving by, and all of a sudden, we drove by this a sunflower field, and, and I, like, it wasn't just a field, like, on the side, like, this is literally, we're talking miles of sunflowers, and I just was astounded, because one sunflower by itself is nice, a, a bouquet of sunflowers is, is really pretty, but when you see just this, just all this whole entire field of sunflowers, like it's breathtaking, it's astounding. You just kind of have to stop and take a look uh, about what that is and, and just kind of absorb the magnitude of it. it. Just We are meant to be together and to worship in God's house. We can honor his word and we can honor him by being in his house. And the third thing that I want to touch on is that we can honor God by honoring our father and mother. And this comes from Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. It says, honor your father and mother, then you will live long. You will live a long and full life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And so this is one of the more popular uh, parenting verses. Uh, And it's possible, you know, if you're a little bit older, maybe when you were younger, uh, it's possible that your parents quoted this uh, verse to you, and, and, and they grabbed you by the ear, and they pulled you out of bed, and they're like, you, we're going to church, like, uh, you're going to honor me, uh, you're, we're gonna, you're going to learn how to do this, and, and some of, you know, you're, you're like, you, you make sure that, that you were brought here, and so we, we heard, you know, what it is to talk about honoring, maybe you heard that we were doing a series on honoring, and so you made sure, you're like, I'm bringing my teenager, you know, and, and, and right when I put up point number three, you, you leaned over, and you whispered, you're like, you better listen to this, like, this is for you. And, and so, and I get it, like I totally get it and I understand. So here's the deal, honoring your father and mother, this is actually the fifth commandment. Of the ten commandments listed in Exodus, this one's number five. The first four are directed towards God. So this is the first one directed towards other people and, and, and being in relationship with others. And here's the deal, there's a context and an understanding behind all this. God had to write this down for, for the Israelites and for you and I so we could understand what it is to be in relationship with one another. Specifically, he was communicating to the Israelites because they had just come out of slavery from Egypt. They were enslaved in Egypt for 400 years. Long time. And so they knew what it was to be slaves together. But now God had liberated them. They're now in the wilderness and they're traveling towards the promised land. And so God had to show them their new identity and how to connect with each other before they get into the promised land. And so they needed to adopt 
these new standards to live by. Because they only knew relationships under slavery, and they treated each other as slaves. But now, they're living in freedom. And, and the same is true for us when we commit to follow Jesus, right? We're now liberated and changed, and, and so we need to change from our old ways. The, the things that we did, the, the things that we wish we didn't do, the things that we don't want to do anymore. And sometimes we take two steps forward and three steps back and five steps forward and 16 back, you know, changing our ways and, you know, learning things and getting rid of some old stuff. And so honoring your father and mother is referenced multiple times in Scripture because of what God was communicating to the Israelites, saying, hey, no, 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 you got to get this. You, you need to know what it is to honor. And he, it's so important to him that it's a commandment that's given with a promise, a reward that comes with that because God loves honor. He loves to receive honor, and he loves it when we give honor to other people. And so he wants us to instill a culture of honor in our families so that children will understand the importance. So, so th they'll have it in their life at a young age. Because if we don't have it, the older we get, the more costly that becomes. And so God wants kids to get it early. And I think part of that, too, is so that they can have the blessing and the reward for their full life. Because that's the type of dad that he is. And, and please understand, like I recognize that for some of you, this is a challenge, right, where you didn't have such great parents. So I, I read this verse about honoring, you know, your father and mother, and you're, you, it's like it's a struggle. There's a, an internal battle that's going on. And it's hard to honor parents that we would say are undeserving because of what they did, because of how they did it, because of the things that they said to us and to others, how they treated us. And, and maybe, you know, if we're being honest with, maybe they just really were bad parents. I mean, maybe they didn't know God. or I, I don't know your story specifically, but I know for some of us that this is a battle and a struggle because maybe they were abusive or manipulative. And so what do we do, right? All of us have parents you know, those of you that are parents, hopefully you are the type of parent that you're a great parent. You, you know, you, you, know, you do a, a wonderful job with your kids, and they love you, and they honor you. Uh, but, but there is a possibility that there's a percentage of us where our parents weren't that great. So what do we do? So what we do is we choose to honor them. Because honoring is a choice, and it begins in our heart. Uh, it does not validate what they did, how they treated you. It, it doesn't validate that at all, but what happens is it puts our heart in a place of obedience before God. So how many times in our life do we do the things that we don't want to do? Like all the time, probably every single day. It's called discipline and, and self-control, right? There's things that we want to do. We go, oh, no, 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 I can't, can't get involved with that, and we stay away from it. The things that we know we shouldn't do, right? And, we, and, and so we get that. And it's possible that, you know, when we're talking about honor, that your parents were far from perfect. But for some reason, 
God gave you to them. I don't know what that reason is, and you probably have wondered that for a long time, but it's possible that maybe, just maybe, if you look at their scenario, if you look at their situation, or you try to understand their story, it's possible they didn't know. That they didn't know how to be a good parent. They wanted to be, or they tried, and they just, their efforts, they weren't, weren't able to deal with their own situation. Maybe your parents had such a hard time, they had their own wounds. They had their own problems and struggles that they couldn't cope with. And they didn't know how to handle their stuff and their junk. And so you just, unfortunately, were collateral damage finding, you know, following in behind them. And here's the deal. It's not fair. It's not at all. But you and I have an opportunity to choose honor. We can choose differently. We can choose to forgive them despite what they did and what they said and how they treated you. Because forgiveness is a choice. And so we're not honoring their actions or their words. But we still have this opportunity to forgive them and who they are as a person and choose to honor them. Because I just, I believe there's some of you that God wants to heal your heart regarding this. And so we have these three things that he's laid out before us where we can honor his word. And, and dive into scripture, and we can honor his house, and being connected in, in a local church, and, and we can honor our parents. And so which one of those is the Holy Spirit just kind of speaking to you about? It may be one or two or three, I, I get it, but there's probably one of them where you go, yeah, like I, I haven't cracked my Bible open in a while, and I know I need to. And so maybe it's that, or maybe it's just church and, and coming and being connected in the body of Christ. Or maybe it is this the hard part about forgiving and honoring parents that maybe weren't deserving. It's maybe one of those that I just, I feel like in this moment we have to allow the Holy Spirit to come and to minister to us, right? So if you guys would be willing, just go ahead and bow your head and close your eyes. And maybe you just right now, just in your own personal prayer languages in the, or in the way that you pray, just maybe you begin to pray to God and say, God, what, what area is it for me? God, what are you showing me? Holy Spirit, would you come and communicate in the way that I need you? Because I want this. I long for this. I desire this. And so, God, we just want to acknowledge our, our, we're in desperate, in desperate need of you for this piece that you call honor. Uh, we've seen it before. We've received it before. But Lord, I pray that this would just become more pervasive in our lives and in our culture. God, that you would allow us to, to see, to receive a spirit of honor, to honoring those that came before us, to honoring those that are above us, honoring those that are in position of authority, honoring our parents, honoring you as our heavenly father. We adore you. We praise you. God, we lift you up. And Father, right now I want to pray uh, specifically for those of us who didn't have great parents. And it's a struggle. It's a battle, Lord, even daily, those thoughts and remembering. And so, Father, right now, you are just so loving and compassionate. I pray that you would just reach down and that, that you would embrace us and that you would bring healing in our heart and our thoughts. God, that you would allow us, us to not only receive forgiveness from you for the things we've done, but that we would also give forgiveness to them for what they've done. Father, that we would choose forgiveness 
And Lord, that you would help us, God, maybe, just maybe, to take steps in the direction to honor them. God, I pray healing in this place. I pray restoration. You are amazing. You're so perfect. Lord, that we might reflect you as we honor you in our lives. In Jesus' name.